This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One on, nobody out. The 2-0 pitch. Here's a swing a long fly ball in the left field. This is going to leave the park. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron. That ball's hit deep to left. This one's going to be out of here. Get up, baby. Get up. Claiborne and Chris Raby and the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome into another edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Amron. I'm Chris Raby joined by Mike Claiborne on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. What a great weekend it was at Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up at the Hyatt Regency at the Arch. The Cardinals Caravans heading out all over Cardinals Nation. We'll bring you a lot of the great moments and conversations from the past weekend over the next two hours. A big thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Ben Boyd, Mike Anderson here in our network studios, and Ann Carroll from the Cardinals Radio Network. We head to Florida now. That's where Mike Claiborne is, getting ready for the Cardinals cruise. And, Klebs, I imagine it's getting a little bit more crowded down there every day, isn't it? Well, Chris, everybody seems like they're already here. I mean, there's a at least 10 players that are already here working out and doing something. Uh, so, you know, I, I guess when you get a taste of it, like the Cardinals did this year, you feel like, okay, I can work a little harder and, and be more effective and be more ready. And I think we're seeing that here in Florida already. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the last couple of days and some some news and, and notes. I guess most notably yesterday, Larry Walker gets the call to the National Baseball Hall of Fame. You don't play your career to, to think that this is going to happen. You, you go out there and you bust your butt and and you battle with with your teammates to take on that other team in the other dugout. And you know the winning is the most important thing that you strive through for your whole career. Uh, and then when it's over, then I think you reflect on it and you hope or you know you hope that something like this could happen uh, but it's it's such a small minimal number of people that get to have this honor so um maybe once it once i said and done then the numbers started coming out it started making a little sense to me but it, it still doesn't make sense that there's hall of fame everywhere on me right now and, and it hasn't sunk in honestly i'm not a baseball historian but when you you talk about organizations you know you usually talk about the you know the yankees the dodgers the cubs the cardinals you know it's just those just iconic organizations that people know about around the world, uh, a uniform that is recognizable around the world. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget that first day walking in the clubhouse and putting that white birds on the bat uniform on over my head and uh, uh, a very incredible moment to, to have such a special uniform on in such an amazing organization. So, you know, it was a, a great way to go out. Uh, I'm not involved with World Series championships, but playoffs – and a World Series appearance was, you know, was quite gratifying. I think people were maybe cautiously optimistic, but some of the returns from ballots that we saw weren't necessarily in Larry's favor. So your first thoughts when the news came out that he's going to be headed to Cooperstown this summer? Couldn't be happier for him. Um, you know, I've gotten to know Larry over the years. Uh, he was a great Cardinal while he was there. 
and uh, he's part of the, the 2014. But man, just what a class guy he is! And you know, when you think about Chris, how he had to learn baseball the hard way. Uh, I know you probably heard the story about how when he didn't, you know, retrack his his steps after a fly ball foul uh, and cut across the field. I mean, he had to learn from the ground level, and for him to be the player that he was at home and on the road, and we saw firsthand in St. Louis what a good player he was away from Colorado. Uh, couldn't be happier for him, just a consummate pro. And, you know, I think he's one of those guys, you know, there's a handful of guys like Larry Walker that we don't talk about. Uh, a guy who nobody talks about but was the best center fielder in his era was Andrew Jones. I don't know if Andrew Jones will get in, but if you start looking at his defensive metrics and some of the other things he's done, he's got to be in the conversation. Larry Walker was in the last year of his uh, being on the ballot, and I think some people just, you know, said, well, you know, why not? Which leads me to this question to you. What makes a guy better 10 years from ago, for 10 years ago, to where he is now? And why do voters feel that way where, you know, he wasn't good enough 10 years ago, and now all of a sudden he is? I don't know if that many players were that much better than Larry Walker who went in before him. Yeah, I think that the encouraging thing has been the number of guys that have gone in the last couple of years. We had four going in 2019, of course, with Mariano Rivera, Edgar Martinez, Roy Halladay, and Mike Mussina. We had four get elected by the writers in 2018 with Chipper Jones, Vladimir Guerrero, Jim Tomey, and Trevor Hoffman. Three go in, Bagwell, Reigns, and Rodriguez in 2017. We didn't see those kinds of numbers for a long time, Klaibs. And yeah. when, when you're limited to the number of guys you can vote for, there was kind of this front log at the front of the ballot. And, you know, you can only vote for a certain number of guys. So guys were either falling off the ballot or are not getting enough votes to return to the ballot for a second time. So I think the amount of players that have been elected have cleared the top of the ballot up for guys like Larry and hopefully will continue to do so. You know, you make a good point. And I think now that the things I think have cleared out, I think the voters have to really be vigilant and making sure they don't put a guy in just because he's available. You know, uh, I think you got another tier of players that are right on the cusp, but I'm not sure if I'd call them Hall of Famers. And I think the writer's job is even more challenging now. And, and I don't want to go any further without giving kudos to the Colorado Rockies PR department. Uh, Warren Miller and his staff did a very professional job in making sure that people who didn't see enough of Larry Walker as a player had all the information they needed in order to make an objective vote. Uh, seldom do you see a PR department from any team be that proactive, but they didn't beat you over the head with it, Chris. Whether they were in your town or whether you were in their town, they always made sure you had information to say, hey, look, don't forget about Larry Walker this year. And uh, Warren Miller, guy who's from our listening area, uh, kudos to him and his staff for making that happen. Yeah, I think that uh, another encouraging thing is that a lot of guys outside of Schilling, Clemens, and Bonds, who next year will be their ninth time on the ballot, I think Schilling will will almost certainly get in. Who knows with Clemens and Bonds? But after that, you know, Omar Vizquel, this was his third year. Roland's third. Wagner's fifth. Sheffield's sixth. Helton's second. Manny's fourth. Uh, Andrew Jones's third time on the ballot. Those guys have a while to remain on the ballot, and maybe now we'll get some of those votes that they didn't get because of other candidates. Yes, no, I, th I think you make a good point again. Uh, and, you know, I think those guys will have a good chance to get in. I think when you have Schilling, Bonds, and Clemens, 
if I were them, I would just stay quiet, stay out of the radar, don't go out on a campaign to remind people of what a jerk you might have been, and um, maybe they'll get in. Cardinals Countdown Opening Day presented by Ameren. As we talk Larry Walker's induction to the National Baseball Hall of Fame, Derek Jeter as well, one vote shy of a unanimous decision. That won't even be something that we remember uh, as soon as this summer, I think, Klebs. And, man, to see Jeter, everyone knew he was he was headed to Cooperstown. The only question was, would it be unanimous? But to see the grace, the humility uh, with which uh, he handled the situation, uh, just what a classy trio of guys that will be making speeches in Jeter, Walker, and also Ted Simmons. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I talked to Derek's dad today. He and I went to college. Not at the same time. Charlie's a little older than me. But if you know anything about his dad or his parents, you can see where he gets the humility from. Um, you know, and just listening to him talk about it was uh, just a real treat. And, and I know he and Joe Torrey are close, and he just certainly respects authority. And I won't call him the greatest shortstop ever because I think we had a guy here in St. Louis that was as good defensively as anybody. But I think all around, Derek Jeter just checks so many boxes. It was hard to vote against him. You know, I was uh, really enjoying hearing some of the rave reviews of Ted Simmons' speech and Ted Simmons' time at the Baseball Writers' Dinner and uh, just getting excited to hear what he comes up with in Cooperstown. It will be one for the books, I can tell you that. Ted is a, is a well-thought-of and, well, and a very solid thinker. Um, I think you're going to have some great speeches this year. Uh, but I, I don't know what, whose money I'm going to put on to see who's going to cry first. Because as you well know, it may be more in football than we see in baseball. You get emotional. And I guess if there's any day in your life other than the birth of your children or getting married, it's okay to cry. All right, let's talk about some Cardinals news, Klebs. Marcelo Zuna is headed to the Atlanta Braves, a one-year $18 million contract. I think some head-scratching maybe for some Cardinal fans, maybe folks around the industry as as this news breaks, Klaibs, but uh, your reaction to Ozuna headed elsewhere, just $200,000 more than the qualifying offer he turned down from the Cardinals. Well, I wish him the best in Atlanta, and I think I'd start with that. I think it's a great situation for the Cardinals because not only do they, they lose – Ozuna and the $17.8 million that they were going to have to pay him, it opens up the legitimate competition in the outfield. It has $17.8 million that you can maybe, maybe reinvest in maybe a future contract. And I think you're going to be better defensively no matter who you put out there. And, you know, I think with Ozuna's situation, I think his reputation probably is one of the reasons why he couldn't get a long-term deal from anyone. He's going to be a good player in that Atlanta lineup. They've got a pretty good lineup, and I think what it also does is takes it perhaps takes Atlanta out of the Arenado sweepstakes because now they made the investment there. They let a guy who's making twenty three million walk, and he only made twenty five million in Minnesota. So it really kind of opens up things on that front as well. But hey, you know what? Uh, good luck to Marcelo Zuna, especially now that he's playing for another team. I suppose you also consider the fact that no one really expected Ozuna to accept the Cardinals' qualifying offer, and maybe they value the draft pick and the bonus pool money more than they value one year of Ozuna in the long term, even if there's no such thing as a bad one-year contract. Well, I agree. And I just think it just gives you many more options down the road. Um, And, you know, Ozuna could go down to Atlanta and have a monster year, okay? And he might get the big contract, but I think Ozuna's got to prove himself to baseball 
He's going to be more committed. He's going to be in better shape. He's not going to be injured. And he learns how to do things a team way. So, you know, I, I think it's a good test for him, especially at this stage of his career. But I think the Cardinals won that deal because I, I like the young players. And I don't know if these young guys are going to, are going to fit the bill. But it, didn't we just talk about this, about Mike Schilt with regard to giving guys within the organization a chance? And they're going to let these guys, whether it's um, Tyler O'Neill or Lane Thomas or Matt Carpenter, they're going to let these guys play for the job. And somebody's going to win it and somebody's going to lose it. And we'll just see where it goes from there. Cardinals also announced today that Matt Wieters will be back. The catcher will return to the club for a one-year deal worth a reported $2 million. And I think a lot of flexibility now for the Cardinals to have Wieters and also to potentially carry Andrew Kisner. As Mo has said, Cardinals could carry three catchers with the 26th man on the roster. And Wieters can play a little first base as well, a switch hitter. He can be a viable option on days he's not catching to come in and, and pinch hit and give the Cardinals a unique piece that maybe they haven't always had available to them off the bench during the regular season. Well, I'm going to go one step further. I think if you remember, you know, Andrew Kisner was an infielder at a third baseman himself. So now you've got another option there where you can move him around uh, and use him as a pinch hitter, as you mentioned, the third catcher. I think the Cardinals are looking for versatility, and I think they've got them in both Weeders and uh, uh, Andrew Kisner. And I think we've seen already that Tommy Edmond is a guy that can be versatile. So uh, I'm a believer now, Chris, if the more gloves you bring to the ballpark, the more days you have a chance to stay at the big leagues. Eclipse, uh, let's talk about some of the other things going on around Major League Baseball. The Mets will go with Luis Rojas as their new manager, the brother of Moises Salou, the son of Felipe Alou. He's been around in that organization as both a minor league manager, also a quality control coach under Mickey Calloway. So maybe some similarities there to the path of, of Mike Schilt. And we were just talking about this. I know different circumstances because of the dismissal of Carlos Beltran, but a guy that has come up with a lot of the guys in the Mets organization and obviously has the trust of players, staff, and the front office. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head about the comparison to Mike Schilt. Didn't play in the big leagues, uh, baseball lifer, worked in the organization, and I think the Cardinals may have set a standard here of taking care of their own and promoting from within, and I, I think it's a great call. I, I thought it would be between three people. It would be between him, Eduardo Perez, and Dusty Baker. I thought those were the three logical guys, um, Dusty being an experienced manager, taking over in a situation that might be troublesome. Uh, Eduardo Perez, uh, very well-liked and well-thought-of and a real baseball guy. But, you know, Rojas is a solid solid signing. Uh, I don't know if he's going to win or not, but I think that it says a lot about the game where if you put that much time in an organization, you're going to get your shot. And I think we've seen that with how the Cardinals have promoted people for within the organization. And I think other teams have looked around and said, hey, if it works for them, maybe it can work for us. Mike Claiborne, hey, we appreciate it, man. We will talk to you from the cruise as you set sail and head out with the Cardinals and a great group and uh, look forward to hearing the tales from the high seas. Thank you, man. Well, some of those tales have to stay on board, but the other ones we'll be able to share with you. I'm looking forward to seeing you down here in Florida in the very, very near future. Let's take a break. So much to come. We're going to hear from Paul DeYoung next. Also, Alex Reyes, Nolan Gorman, Yadier Molina, Dylan Carlson, Bill DeWitt, Jack Flaherty, 
All that and more on this edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Back in a moment with the Cardinals shortstop, the all-star shortstop and gold glove finalist. After this on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Ameren on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. The pitch, the young swings and hits it high, deep, left field, way back and gone. Paul DeYoung with his 30th home run of the year. And the Cardinals are down by two, eight to six with one out in the eighth. The infield straight away. The 3-2 pitch from Daniel Ponce de Leon. A swing and a shot up the middle. Diving play by DeYoung gets to his feet and throws in time for the out. That was an all-star play by DeYoung. Well, we have a chance to visit with the Cardinals shortstop, Paul DeYoung. You got a different look about you, man. Offseason does that to people, I guess, huh? Yeah, I mean, you kind of just uh, lose track of people, and you don't, you don't know uh, what kind of changes they make. A few months is a, a huge difference. What have you had a chance to do this offseason? Oh, just been uh, spending time with family and friends. Uh, been down in uh, Jupiter, been in Orlando, been in northern Wisconsin, been bouncing around. But... You know, enjoying my quiet time and my recovery and uh, workouts been going great. You mentioned recovery because everybody needs to step away from this for a minute and basically recharge the batteries, not just physically, but mentally. Yeah, for me, it was definitely more mentally uh, recharging this year, working on um, you know, just my, uh, my inner strength. And I think that's, uh, you know, something that will continue uh, developing throughout my whole life and you know, kind of a lifelong journey. Uh, physically, I, I thought I did great last year, filling it in. Uh, filling in my routine and, and dialing in uh, what I need to do to play every day. Being mentioned as a Gold Glove finalist had to be a treat for you. A uh, long way from being a catcher. Oh yeah, I mean, to think that back in 2011 as a redshirt, I was learning how to catch. Uh, a lot, a lot has changed in nine years, and you know, for me, uh, you know, playing baseball, playing shortstop has been like a dream come true for me in the big leagues. And you know, I want to keep that that going so much. It really drives me. You know, it was such a fun year to watch so many guys grow and you're winning and you're beating teams at the right time. Uh, I think when I look back at the season circling that weekend in Chicago mm -hmm. had to be a high water mark. And then you <laughs> come back the following week and beat them to clinch. Yeah, uh, it, it was a fun time to be a Cardinal in September and October. Yeah, it sure was. Uh, that, that weekend sweep at Wrigley will be one of the I'll never forget the back to back homers with Yachty and I and then, uh, you know, just uh, Losing two out of three at home didn't look good, but we ended up making we'll take it work. It. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it. So what do you have? I know every player has ambitions for the upcoming year. What are some of the things you look to try and be better at and, and after you've had a chance to think about it? Because sometimes people can overthink it. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not a huge uh, goals person as far as, you know, trying to hit benchmarks for numbers and things. I feel like this game is, is too hard to be able to try to produce results like that. So. My goals are more um, based on, uh, you know, consistency, based on, uh, you know, fulfilling my own potential. And, and that's something that comes from within. And, you know, for me, it's just going to be about uh, not letting an 0 for 6 turn into an 0 for 16. You know, things like that, being able to scrap out a hit or, or get a walk in, in places throughout the year, I think will uh, change my game completely. You know, that's interesting. You, you talk about not having an avalanche fall on you with regard to going into streaks. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that I see guys at that stage, they get themselves out more than the pitcher does. Absolutely, and uh, you know, some of my bats this year definitely were like that. You know, uh, just a little too much anxiety trying to produce a result as opposed to going up there and trusting, trusting in every at bat, uh, slowing it down. I think that's what the great players do 
watching guys like uh, Bellinger and Rendon take their at-bats, Freddie Freeman. I mean, these guys are good for a reason, and, and, and they don't get themselves out, and that's a huge thing. So, you know, I'm just continuing to develop as a, as a hitter. Like, I know I can be, a, you know, damage in the middle of our order. And, you know, so that's really my main goal, and to, con and to continue my development as a, as a solid shortstop as well. I know your offseason is a little different than some guys. Uh, I remember the one season offseason you conducted a scientific experiment. Uh, you ever think back at that and try to apply that to your game? Because what was it? You guys found the ideal temperature for the, the travel, the flight of a ball, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, you know, I love science and I love learning, but when it comes to uh, baseball, I really try to not be a Just scientist. Just apply, yeah, the basic knowledge of yeah, baseball. I want to be the you know the coal miner from West Virginia in 1918 that was just a good ball player you know mm -hmm. um, you know that's how I feel on the field as opposed to trying to be analytical or try to be so fine-tuned because I think baseball is such a, a raw and, and you know almost random sport that it, it's too hard to predict results or try to create results so for me as a, as a baseball player I, I just go, I'm gonna try to go out there and play and, and I'll do my studying uh, you know maybe diet related or you know, recovery stuff. Like, those are the things I like mm -hmm. to be scientific about, but never about baseball. You know, you mentioned analytics. Have you found the balance for you in your career as far as how you want to apply analytics compared to the game of baseball and just having eyes on the situation? Yeah, I mean, um, as a player, I, I, I haven't found a ton of analytics that I want to apply other than maybe, like, watching video on, on hitters. Uh, maybe occasionally I'll see, um, you know, some pitch breakdowns if something's glaring. But overall, I think uh, the old school mentality of watching the game, uh, learning how, how, how pitchers work, learning how you work, uh, is, is how you get your development as opposed to trying to study some numbers and find some magic key. All right, hey, listen, it's good to see you looking great. Um, back to Jupiter after this? Back to Jupiter, I'll be down there. Colton and I will be working on a double gold glove this year there coming you up. Um, you know, that's always the goal. Uh, I feel comfortable saying that just because you know, when you play this game, you want to be the best, and, and that's how I'm going to prepare, and whatever happens, happens. I'll see you next week. Sounds good, Mike. The Cardinals Kids Club, presented by Rawlings, is the fan club for kids 13 and under. Membership includes exclusive Cardinals items, two tickets to a 2020 Cardinals home game, an invite to a members-only party at Bush Stadium, and much more. Visit cardinals.com slash kids to join. Next, Alex Reyes sits down with Joe Pott from Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Joe Pot back here at Cardinals Winter Warm-Up, and I'm joined by Cardinals pitcher Alex Reyes. And, uh, Alex, I'm sure the question on every Cardinals fan's mind, how are you feeling? Um, you know, thank you guys for having me. And, you know, it's been a big offseason for me. I've been able to lose a few pounds and... I mean, I'm feeling great. My throwing program has been going well. I threw a bullpen this, this last week, and everything's just been going pretty smooth. Has it been more of a normal offseason for you this offseason now? Yeah, and I think that's what uh, going into the offseason, you know, that was something we want, we talked about as a as a group with the training staff is, is trying to have a normal offseason and just giving me the opportunity, you know, to kind of just work out as, as anybody as anybody would in any offseason. You know, the last three offseason before this one was – you know, either in Jupiter or here in St. Louis. And, you know, this, this offseason was huge for me. It's just being able to spend a lot of time with my family and, and working out and, and, you know, just kind of spacing away from just the spring training complex and or being in, you know, a rehab environment. 
So now, what is the what's the timetable look like? Is is it, is this a regular? Are we on a on a regular timetable for you? Um, yeah, I think so. I'm, my, my body's feeling great. We we haven't really spoke about you know what to look forward to in spring, but I'm looking to to head into spring and and be be ready from day one. When will you go to Jupiter? I should be there around the end of this month. What are you doing now? I'm in Dominican Republic, working out in my house uh, with the trainer I have in Dominican Republic. And how much are you throwing? Um, I've been doing a lot of everything, long toss. Uh, I had a bullpen, like I said, this last week, and everything's been recovering well. And just excited to get to spring training and you know go out there and continuously pitch. I'm, I'm sure that you know for it, it it's probably seems odd for for others to think about, but for you, probably getting back to that grind is going to be a welcome change for you, right? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, last spring. Going into spring, I, I felt good. Everything was feeling good, but you know I was still recovering from from surgery. So going into this spring, knowing I didn't have any you know major right. surgeries or, or anything like that, it's it's just kind of going in there without limits and and just you know trying to put my talent on display. This is probably what winter warm up number two or three for you. Three. Does it cease to amaze you coming out here in the? middle of a cold January month that there are this many people here that want to talk about the Cardinals? Oh, man, it's it's awesome. Every year you come, uh, you see different faces, and you see even some familiar faces. So, you know, the fans here, they, they love Cardinal baseball, and, and they love Cardinal red. It's awesome just, you know, to see these guys and, and, and girls come out here every every year and support year after year. You have, uh, so, you, so you've done the autograph thing, and you've already done your autograph session today. Anything strange that somebody has given you to sign? Uh, no, not not yet. No, nothing. No, I, I still got another half hour to sign. So. Okay, so you got some more sign. Are you going to be on the caravan as well? Yes. Where I, are you headed there? Uh, we should, I think, Decatur, Quincy, and Springfield. Um, there's another stop on Mattoon, I believe is okay. the name. Okay, boy, that's good. You were the first. You're the first guy I've had here that's actually been able to name off some of the uh, some of the stops that you are actually going to make. I think it helped. I was on the same one last oh, okay. year. Okay, <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. That's good. That's good work for you for sure. Um, what about personal expectations for yourself? Do you do you have goals like, hey, I you know, I want to be in this starting rotation, or I want to be in this. I, I want to be making starts, you know, for this team by the time we get to to March. 15th. I mean, I don't know what kind of what kind of goals are do you have for yourself? Um, my number one goal is obviously to be completely healthy. You know, from day one to to the last day, and the last day, hopefully, you know, the postseason and and throughout that. Um, Beyond that, my, my main goal is, is, you know, to be on the big league roster. Wherever I fit, however I can contribute, I just want to be up there here in St. Louis. And, you know, I, I really want to want to help the team in, in whichever way, you know, they, they feel I fit. Do you uh, – and, and you haven't had any conversations specifically about where that might be? Um, no. I mean, I prepare as a starter. That's, right. that's always what I've wanted to do. And the ultimate decision is it's up to them. How much do you lean on – I mean, you're still obviously a young guy. How much do you lean on the older guys and the guys that have been in, in the organization and, and on the big league roster when you're, when you're preparing, when you're going through this even? Going, going through the time away that you have, I imagine, is different for you. Um, yeah, I mean, last year was, was, was a little different. Um, when I got sent down to Memphis, uh, I spoke a little bit, you know, with, with, with Carp. Matt, yep. Uh, yep. Chris Carpenter. Okay. Um, I spoke a little bit with Mike Schilt, and you know, just kind of trying to. They they were trying to guide me in, in the right way, and 
and not, you know, not have so much frustration in my, in my head. More of, you know, uh, it's, there's things I need to fix and some wrinkles I need to I need to work out on. Mike Schilt was huge in that process, and he, he's he's been a mentor for me since you know since the day I signed. So he he's been one of the main guys I, I've always kept up with. And I imagine that it's not just physical, but there's some mental strain there when you are unable to do what you have done all your life. Oh uh, yeah, 100%. You know, last year was I was I was very frustrated when when I got notified that I was getting sent down, and you know I, I didn't really know how to deal with it. I've never been sent down right, right. in my career and in any level. So last year it was a year for me to you know kind of open my eyes and remember that. that you, you being sent down isn't always the worst thing, you know. There, there, it was a time for me that I needed to, to get better and, and work on some stuff to be able to come up here and contribute. And last year I wasn't able to do that, but you know I took some time into this off season just to think about the mistakes I did this year, and you know hopefully never make them again. How much do you think you'll appreciate it when you get back on that mound at Bush Stadium? Oh, it's gonna it's gonna be awesome just to you know stand on that mound and look back and, and see Yachty back there you know it's it's an awesome feeling just to be on that on that mound and wear the Cardinal uniform. We talked uh, to Gary LaRock a little bit uh, the Cardinals player development director and he said that you know it's it's always interesting to him that players do understand that it's about something bigger than them that this organization is about something bigger than just any one individual about but it's about this this full organization as a whole. Yeah and that's something you know they 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 preach to us as as a amateur once you sign you know they they kind of preach you the cardinal way and and that's something we all get and we understand you know we we need all we need all of us we need all of us to be able to win and it's a it's a team thing it's not a one-man game alex thanks so much for taking some time enjoy the rest of your time here enjoy the the caravan we are certainly going to be watching as is the rest of cardinal nation and we look forward to seeing you back on that mound man thank you appreciate you guys having me make your plans to head south this winter see alex reyes and company enjoy sunny skies warm beaches and cardinals baseball packages are available to fit everyone's schedule and budget make your reservations at cardinals.com slash vacations or call 1-800-892-7687 you'll see nolan gorman at spring training this year. He joins Mike Claiborne next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Ameren on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Well, we have a chance to visit with Cardinal prospect Nolan Gorman, former first-round draft choice. And uh, first of all, your caravan, how was that? It was awesome. You know, I had you on it, so... That made it a lot better. Oh, here he goes. <laughs> this guy already knows the drill. Well, for, you know, this it was an interesting first year for you in the professional baseball. You got out to a roaring start, and you and I talked about how you learned a lot of things about yourself, your body, and how to take care of it. Uh, so share with our listeners some of the things you thought you did well and some of the things you know you want to be better at. Um, you know, looking back at, at everything and uh, – you know, the analytics and all that stuff. Um, you know, I took away from it that everything was everything was good. You know, there, there is some inconsistency that needs to be cleaned up, and that's a big thing we've been working on this offseason with the Cardinals and the swing and, you know, barreling everything up. Um, but as far as, you know, looking at the analytics and it's hard to, it's hard to kind of, balance those two of mm -hmm. old school and new school and stuff like that but um it definitely was 
was eye-opening as to uh, you know how how good of a year it was for me in the learning process. Yeah, I mean that's one of those things for a young guy. It's it's always a challenge because everything is different. How much fun do you think it's going to be to actually play with a guy that you've known since you were five years old in uh, Matthew Libertor? Yeah, it's been every it's been fun every time we've been out um, on the field together on the same team. So. You know, I can only imagine how it's, it, I think it's going to feel like um, the world championship we played in with Team USA pretty much every single day out on the on the field. You got, I would assume you guys are going to room together at some point. Yeah, I think we already have plans for spring training. All so. right, that's a good thing. Now, what are your goals for this year as far as obviously going to spring training, starting off at the right level as far as the minors and trying to work your way to the big show as soon as possible? Uh, definitely. You know, for spring training, obviously, just take in as much as possible. Um, that's where you learn the most is by listening and hearing what people have to say about everything. And um, obviously, starting out wherever they put me, it's not in my control. But being able to go out there and just perform and, um, you know, put on a show to be able to move up in the organization and help the big team, obviously, in the end. You know, you came in with the reputation of being a power guy. but. There are other things you have to do other than try and hit the ball 500 feet. How do you try and bear down and make sure you just get a good swing on a ball? Maybe you can't drive it all the time. Yeah, it's definitely uh, situational, um, and that's where kind of baseball IQ comes into play and understanding, you know, the situation. There's runs you got to get in or, or whatnot, and um, with the big shifts going on now, it's it's nice to have everybody on the right side of the infield because. <laughs> During high school, I thrived on bunning. Um, really? And worked, I worked almost every day on bunning through high school, so uh, not necessarily preparing for pro ball and the big shifts or anything like that, but teams in high school would start to shift a little bit, and I would, I would lay it down just to you know, keep them square and make sure they're not trying to steal anything from me on the right side. That's a great approach to take because bunting is almost a lost art for a lot of people, and I've always felt if guys can have the ability to lay one down, keeps everybody honest on the infield and then at that point they start throwing you some meatballs at that point because they don't want you to do too much damage with the bunt yeah. the meatball comes in you know how to handle that one right exactly yeah I you know it's something I pride myself on and, and getting better every day is, is bunting um, helps out a lot and they might say the the risk or the reward outweighs the risk um, you know by me just standing on first base and instead of hitting a home run but uh, I still think it's it's an opportunity for someone else on the team to drive in a run. It's a plus-plus for everybody. Exactly. Hey, listen, man, uh, it was great to get to know you. I can't wait to see you down in the spring. Uh, enjoy the winter warm-up because it doesn't get any better than this. You got your first taste of it. Give me your Thank impressions you. of all the people you've had a chance to meet so far. They've been uh, unreal, honestly. It's, it's uh, different. You don't see, you know, people in Bloomington and people in uh, Peoria and um, people, you know, in Champaign, Illinois, you don't see those people all the time. And just to know there's fans in places you didn't even know of the Cardinals and how big of a fan base there is for the, you know, the rich history of the Cardinals. It's it's really cool to see and it's uh, pretty exciting to, you know, be a part of that. Nolan Gorman, thank you, sir. Thank you. Cardinals 5, 6, and 10 game ticket packs are on sale now and feature 2020's top games and promotional dates. Choose from the opening day pack, the jersey pack, the bobblehead pack, Friday pack, and more. Ticket packs start at just $54. Get yours 
at cardinals.com slash packs. We'll take a break. Come back. Yadier Molina will help us wrap up this hour of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Going to turn things over to Tom Ackerman right now with Yadier Molina as we wrap up our number one. How was it out there? How's your hand after uh, signing all those no, autographs? It's, it's good. It's great to spend time with the fans. Obviously, uh, they excited. I'm excited to get, get this thing started. And it was fun. Always fun. Always fun to visit with them. They uh, boy, they bring all kinds of items to sign, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got some so many weird stuff to sign up, but there there are some good pieces over there. So it's just a blast. Well, I'll tell you, the sight of seeing you and Adam Wainwright side by side up there signing was something to see. Unbelievable, yeah, unbelievable. You know, to be with him, uh, to my, all, all these years, and um, to have the best to play with him for one more year. I mean, it's amazing. Yadi, what do you think of this club? Pretty good. I mean, we prepared, we're ready to go. Hopefully, this is a year. It's a, a team with a lot, doesn't it? Have a defense, pitching, that offense still seems like it has more in the tank, more to do. Yeah, we do. We got unfinished business. Uh, last year, we, we didn't finish the way we want to, but this year, uh, obviously, it's the next, next, another year, and we're going to be ready to go. Yadi, what can we say, what can we do to help you in Puerto Rico? Once again, devastation has hit that area. Well, I mean, we, we're getting better, obviously. We, we need some more help. Um, if you can go to my foundation account, uh, YM Foundation for uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Uh, go there and if you can uh, cooperate and support us, I mean, that would be good. What are you seeing down there right now? Uh, a lot of people sleeping um, outside the houses, a lot of houses on the ground. Um, it's, 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 I mean, we, we need help. We will be there for you. We appreciate right, it. Thanks you. for the visit very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now is the time to pick up the essential item for every Redbird fan, the official 2020 Cardinals calendar featuring the signature artwork of team photographers, the club's spring training and regular season schedules, and four pages of money-saving coupons. Pick up your copy at St. Louis area retailers or call 314-345-9000. We'll give one away right now to caller number three at 314-531-1120. Hour two. Coming up next, it's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Dylan Carlson will lead us off next on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Nobody out. The 2-0 pitch. Here to swing a long fly ball in the left field. This is going to leave the park. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Ameren. That ball's hit deep to left. This one's going to be out of here. Get up, baby. Get up. Chris Raby and the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome to our two of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Amron. I'm Chris Raby on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network, bringing you some great conversations from this past weekend at Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up and the Cardinals Care Events. We've heard from current players. We've heard from former players, coaches, and staff. But how about the future of the club? Nolan Gorman was with us last hour, and now we kick off hour two with the player that Baseball America ranked as the 10th best prospect in all of Major League Baseball. Dylan Carlson, Cardinals outfielder with Tom Ackerman. I saw you in spring training last year. It was the first time I had seen you play. Had the great fortune to call some of the games down there in spring training, and 
after the game, I turned to some of our partners. I'm like, Dylan Carlson. And they looked back and said, I know. And uh, it was quite impressive. That was a, a, a nice breakout for you and a very good season, wasn't it? Definitely. Um, I, I contribute a lot of that back to spring training, as you just mentioned. Um, I, I learned a lot each and every day, and it was something that uh, I'm really grateful I was able to experience, and I'm just going to try to keep building on. You have a, a great swing. You look good in the field. What are some of your strong points? If you said Dylan Carlson is this kind of a player, what are the, sort of the things you hang your hat on? Yeah, um, for me, I, I take a lot of pride in being versatile. So uh, for me, I'm a switch hitter, so I think that keeps me in the lineup along with being able to play all three outfield positions. I think that really helps me, and uh, you know, it's something I'm really proud of and I'm going to keep continuing to work on. Have you always played outfield throughout your life? Did, you played a lot of positions, didn't mm -hmm. you, infield? Yeah, um, for me, I, I played first base a lot growing up, honestly. Uh, just We had a guy in center field at my high school that uh, did a really nice job, so he played center field. Uh, he was a first-round draft pick by the Tigers. So uh, I just kind of played first base, and once he graduated, I moved my way out to the outfield, and. From there, I've just always played outfield. So, um, yeah, it's, I think it's actually uh, helped me a lot that, you know, I transitioned later to the outfield because I feel like the coaching I got when I got into pro ball was just the best right away. That was all I knew. So I feel like that really helped me a lot. Most of the games that I saw you, you were in right field, but it seems like you're comfortable in both corners. Have you played mm -hmm. a lot of center? Yeah, uh, this year I played mostly center, so uh, I was able to familiarize myself with that. Um, a lot and um, before that I played the corners a lot in the minor leagues but uh, I'm, I'm comfortable in all three. I mean you played a whole bunch of center and you know I think that that's the thing again being versatile and playing out in the outfield it's uh, they're different though aren't they defensively all three of them. Absolutely uh, there's uh, things in each spot that uh, you know you don't really realize are uh, different until you actually get out there and start doing it and uh, you know I'm really grateful the teams have been able to uh, move me around and play me at all three spots because I feel like it's only benefiting me. Dylan Carlson is with us on KMOX. It's a lot of fun, this organization. There seems to be a lot of depth going on down in the minors. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of fun, um, a lot of learning, and a lot of competition. So I can't complain. You just uh, got to give your best each and every day, and it's real exciting to be in this organization right now. What uh, was that like coming into the organization for the first time? Describe that, if you would. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I'd say... Uh, not intimidating, but just a little bit. Uh, it opens your eyes for sure that, you know, you had to bring it each and every day and work hard. And I think it, it really brings out the best in each player. And it's a great thing to have. When did you fall in love with the game? When did you start playing at a really young age, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, um, my dad was a high school baseball coach my whole life. Um, he just finally retired. So uh, for me, it was all I knew growing up at the field. I started playing baseball uh, organized, I guess, around four or five years old. And from there, I just played each and every year. So I just, I, honestly, I grew up around the field my whole life. I'd go to school from school, walk to baseball practice, and then go home and then do it again every day. Um, you know, and I, I just really love it a lot. Were there some players that you fell in love with growing up? Uh, yeah, um, a guy I really watched and uh, looked up to was Prince Fielder. Just how much fun he had playing the game, the way he uh, played and all the passion he had. Another guy was Derek Jeter. Um, I really, really just enjoyed watching him, the way he carried himself. And then the guy I really, really liked watching was Matt Holliday. Just his presence in the box, the way he just looked so confident always. I really just took notice of that and enjoyed Great guy. Great guy to follow. And Holliday, you know, a, as a human being, I think, was so well-respected in that clubhouse. That's really important, too, isn't it? Just that, that life balance that he showed, being a great dad, a great husband good family man absolutely uh, to have those people look up to it's it's a real honor and pleasure 
Um, I had the opportunity to meet Matt uh, when I signed in St. Louis in 2016, and it was I had an incredible experience with him, and uh, I'm, I'm really thankful to have crossed paths with him. Having a, someone like that take you under their wings is pretty cool. Absolutely. Uh, who else on this team are you close with and, and do you spend a lot of time with? Yeah, uh, for me, last spring was big. I got to meet a lot of the guys. Um, obviously, guys I played with, such as Jordan Hicks, um, Andrew Kisner, and then uh, Jack Flaherty, someone who, I, uh, who I've known and I've uh, gotten close to, along with Colton Wong, a bunch of guys. I mean, the list goes on and on. Paul Goldschmidt, like, it, it's incredible how willing the guys are, the veterans are, to reach out and, you know, just pass along information and advice. It's, it's really incredible. It's something special throughout this organization. Well, Goldschmidt, there's another one. Quiet around a lot of people, but he just speaks with how he prepares, doesn't he? Exactly. Uh, you know, through his actions, it's just evident that, you know, he's he's someone you want to follow and be around. So, of course, there's the, all the outside noise of, is Dylan Carlson going to be part of this big league club? How much is he going to play? How often can he play? All you can control is playing ball. And, and I think probably as your career goes along, you'll learn how to continue to, to manage that, all of those things that, that come your way from the outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you know, it's uh, it's a real exciting time, as you just mentioned. So uh, for me, obviously, um, all I can control is what I can control. So um, I'm just going to focus on the things I can control and get better at each day, and that's what I'm going to do to hopefully uh, make myself the best player I could be. Fun to watch you play. Really looking forward to your career continuing on in 2020 and to see where it goes. And thank you for visiting on KMOX. Thank you. My pleasure. Cardinals 5, 6, and 10 game ticket packs are on sale now and feature 2020's top games and promotional dates. Choose from the opening day pack, the jersey pack, the bobblehead pack, Friday pack, and more. Ticket packs start at just $54. Get yours at cardinals.com slash packs. Bill DeWitt Jr., Cardinals chairman, with us next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Ameren, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. Chris Raby on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. So many great conversations from the weekend. We head back to the Hyatt Regency at the Arch and the 2020 Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up right now. Charlie Brennan and Amy Mark scores from our flagship KMOX with Cardinals Chairman Bill DeWitt Jr. How many Major League Baseball franchises at their January gatherings have the owner signing autographs? I I'm betting not too many. Bill DeWitt II, thanks for joining us on KMOX. Great, thanks a lot. Good to be with you. Good winner so far? So far, so good. Hey, I've got a question for you in Ballpark Village. You've got a son who runs the Dewey's Pizza restaurant chains. What's it going to take for him to get a restaurant in Ballpark Village? That's a good question. I better lean on him to get one down there. I know there's a lot of demand. <laughs> no, and it's a great pizza, isn't it? It really is. He's got a good business that he started, I think, about uh, 20 years ago, and he's got 25 locations in about six or seven different cities. So, you know, it's done well. Now, this Cardinals winter warm-up is such a spectacular event each year and could possibly raise $700,000 for Cardinals Care. Now, you started Cardinals Care way back when. What gave you the idea for that, for the structure of what it's become? Well, uh, when Tony LaRusso was our manager, um, he he really uh, w was in favor of doing a charity event, getting the players in town, getting them all together, and we sort of uh, keyed off that idea and, and thought it was great and decided to build it up into something that could be, uh, you know, a great opportunity for the fans to 
get with the players and front office and get geared up for the season, but also raise a lot of money for good, good charitable work. Absolutely, and uh, it, it's extraordinary to raise that much money over a three-day period, and the money largely goes into ball fields and uh, urban St. Louis and beyond, right? It does. It's uh, all in this area, and it's youth-oriented, and it's, um, you know, we, we've built a number of ball fields and made contributions in other areas as well. How many in Major League Baseball history bat boys have gone on to become owners of clubs? <laughs> I can't. I don't know the answer to that question, but... You might be the only one. <laughs> I'll tell you, speaking of bat boys, when... Um, the the Browns fan club had a reunion, 75th reunion of the 44 pennant, the Browns only pennant. There were, I think, four or five bat boys from the Browns. I was one of them. We all had our picture taken together, and it was pretty cool. Very cool. Yes, you were a bat boy for the Browns, and in fact, when Eddie Goodell went to bat, and he was, what, uh, four feet tall or so? Yeah, he was a small person. He, he wore your uniform. He did. He where, did. Where is that uniform now? That uniform is over at our Hall of Fame here in St. Louis on display. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. It was in the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown because when Bill Vec was inducted, it was his idea to do it. They wanted, uh, you know, not being a player, he didn't really have any mementos to speak of. And so uh, the Hall of Fame talked to me. I'm on the board of the Hall of Fame and said, can we display it up here? And once it got popularity up there, they wanted to continue to keep it. And when we opened our Hall of Fame, I said, I, you know, I'll do it temporarily, but it really belongs in St. Louis. I think of how this franchise has grown under your leadership. And of course, you really developed, or I should say, pushed the idea of bringing players, developing players, bringing them in through your own farm system versus just going out and signing a, a big free agent. I'm picturing a Moneyball moment here where you're sitting, right. pounding the table, going, no, we're going to develop our own players. Uh, what was what was that like? How did you get, decide that you were going to go in that direction and kind of eschew the big free agent signings? Well. I grew up in the game and, and I learned a lot from my father who was a career baseball man. He never was in any, in any other business and he started as a kid working for Branch Rickey and of course that was the genesis of the great Cardinal run in the 20s and 30s and you know that was my father's theory and I worked uh, in the summers and, and after I got out of school for the Reds when he ran the Reds and you know that was the model that he used and it was it, it's tried and true and and if you don't have a good farm system i don't think you're going to be successful uh the big markets i think for a while tried just buying their way into success and uh they are you know the biggest proponents now as well of have developing their own players but you know we've got a good group of scouts and analytics that uh i think have paid off in a big way for us over the years and we're going to continue to to uh, stress that in our player development. If you just joined us, Bill DeWitt the second is our guest right now, a man who really needs no introduction to a St. Louis audience. How many years have you owned the club now, 25 or 26? This will be our 25th season. Well, happy silver anniversary. Thank you. That's very cool. Are, are you going to acknowledge that with a special theme night, a Bill DeWitt well, the second bobblehead or anything? Or? No, we haven't, we haven't thought about any of that, but... Uh, you know, it's, uh, it is a bit of a milestone. It really is, a quarter of a century. And um, I, I don't know if you saw the paper this morning or maybe yesterday, it looks like the Cubs might be going to uh, subscription television for the, for the broadcast on, on TV. 
Is that something you would ever consider? It's, you know, I think it's a it's a changing market out there, and, and you need to be on top of it to see the best way to deliver games to fans. And um, you know, the RSN model has been great, and we have it's one of the things that I think drives our fan base. They can get Cardinal baseball throughout Cardinal country, and uh, but you know, it's harder and harder to get carriage in some of the outlying areas. So um, we'll see. Uh, you know, it's uh, the television delivery of baseball and other sports and other um, entertainment is changing, and you know, we'll stay on top of it. Mr. DeWitt, you have such a breadth of experience in the sport, so perhaps could you give us your thoughts on and maybe some perspective on what's going on with the Houston scandal? Yeah, that was really a disappointing uh, turn of events, I think, um, for all of us in the game to, to see what happened there and uh, to have the commissioner, you know, do a, uh, a lot of research and spend a lot of time having to sort out what happened and then to have punishment the way he did. It's, it's just, you know, we'll get past it, but it's one of those things that, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a mark on, on the game and some success that was uh, uh, down there. I mean, they've really done a good job in developing players. They've got, they had a, a good baseball operation from a talent perspective, and, um, you know, it just appears they lost their way a little bit, and it's unfortunate. Did you have any suspicions? No, I didn't until uh, the rumors came out. I wouldn't have thought that that was uh, occurring down there. Uh, but, you know, historically in baseball, uh, teams, when players are on base, particularly second base, try to get signs, and that's all kind of part of the, part of the game, and tipping pitches, and uh, I know Tony LaRussa was, uh, he, I, I would bet that he's probably the only manager who, in spring training every year, sort of had a seminar with his pitchers of not tipping pitches because you know that's a great way for the offensive team to figure out what you're going to throw and you know that's all that's all part of the nuance of the game like any sport you try to take advantage of a player's weaknesses on the other side but to do it through technology which the commissioner had two bulletins out and said there would be severe punishment was just wrong and uh, you know they paid a price well you know now it's it's a similar story mcdowell jack mcdowell who's a cy young award-winning pitcher he's accusing tony of doing it in chicago but not not exactly electronically well i guess he he does use a camera in the outfield that's the allegation but the initial stories failed to mention that McDowell didn't play on that club. Yeah, that was an interesting uh, uh, observation of McDowell, so I don't know where all that came from. Well, sometimes players make up stuff. Remember Jack Clark did that about uh, Albert, remember? And then he had to sign that an apology. A, yeah, that was, a, that was a bad yeah, bad thing, yeah. The, but you know what? The, you read Dave Phillips' book about umpiring in the American League and how he used to try and he found grease on Gaylord Perry and cork bats in the ceiling you know, human beings are human beings, and, and baseball is a game played by human beings. It is, and, you know, they're all, as they say, looking for an edge, and uh, it's great to have an edge if you do it legally, but if you if you break the rules, that's, uh, you know, that's not what the game's all about. Well, and we've talked about 
the the cheating scandal in terms of championships, but I imagine it's fair to say it, it could have affected careers. Maybe a young pitcher comes up and doesn't know that the Astros know what he's throwing. He gets blown up, and that's his chance. I imagine it affects individuals as well. Yeah, you never know what the ramifications of something like that are. And, um, you know, I've read a quote or two from some pitchers who said, geez, I, you know, I had uh, bad performance down there, and maybe if that hadn't happened, I would have been more successful. And um, it's hard to say what, you know, it's such a gray area that, uh, you know, some pitchers, even though the hitter may know it's coming, uh, they can't hit it if they're good enough. I heard an interview by Tom Glavin, and they asked him, would he rather face a hitter that knew what was coming or a hitter on steroids? He said, I'd rather face a hitter that knew what was coming because the way I pitched, they all knew what was coming. They knew my style, and uh, fortunately, they couldn't hit it. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's Glavin. You know, I think the Astros actually got more hits on the road in 2017. So that's you, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You know, if you're a good hitter, you're a good hitter. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hey, we got to let you go. I'm sorry to interrupt. But final question, George W. Bush, are you still in contact? Uh, what's he saying? What's he doing? Is he going to come to any games? Uh, he gets to some games in Houston, or in uh, Dallas, rather. He's a big Rangers fan. Oh. And, um, you know, I spent some time with him in 2011. I've seen him quite a bit since, but uh, just a, a funny story. 2011, he, uh, on one of the game days, went out and played golf. And, and of course, he was rooting for the Rangers. And, and then after we won, and, and it took him a couple days, but he did call me and congratulate me. And I said, that was a great series, wasn't it? And he said, that was a terrible series. <laughs> <laughs> Call it like it is. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, it depends on what side you're on. Can't thank you enough for joining us today. Good luck in 2020. Go Cardinals. And uh, maybe next time we get together, we'll uh, talk about the team and going to London and more. Very exciting time. Yeah, it's going to be a cool experience over there. I th we're looking forward to a great season. Back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. The Cardinals Kids Club presented by Rawlings is the fan club for kids 13 and under. Membership includes exclusive Cardinals items, two tickets to a 2020 Cardinals home game, an invite to a members-only party at Bush Stadium, and much more. Visit cardinals.com slash kids club to join. Jack Flaherty's incredible 2019 season included one of the best second halves of any player in Major League Baseball a fourth-place finish in National League Cy Young voting, and MVP votes. He joined Tom Ackerman over the weekend. Jack and I just got back from the Cardinals' caravan. We spent a little time down in Memphis, Tennessee, and Jonesboro, and Dyer County. Well, we met a lot of people. Oh, yeah, we met a lot of people. It was a good time. That was a good time. Those fans are great. Man. I mean, they are... That is Cardinals country there, that, especially Arkansas. Now, Memphis was great, but Jonesboro, Arkansas, my gosh, that was a big crowd. Yeah, it's crazy to see the amount of support that, you know, people just come out on a Saturday in the middle of the day and uh, you know come out and do that so it, it's it's just it's really crazy and hard to put into words the, the kind of support that, that that we have as a team yeah there's no doubt in Memphis and you've been there you know the town that city is really growing into a great sports city I, I had a blast over there they've done a great job at AutoZone Park oh yeah they've done a, it, it looks unbelievable that the, the just again the support that we get 
and, and the job that they do, it, Memphis is, is, is turning into a great city. And then Jonesboro was cool. We were at the mall at Turtle Creek. We had mm -hmm. 1,200, 1,500 people somewhere in there. Lots of people, lots of kids, lots of autographs. Tyler Webb was with us, Justin Williams. Uh, we also had Bo Hart and Scott Terry, Cardinals alumni, with us. Then we went to Dyer County High School last night, and I just got the idea at the last minute, we should just have all the kids ask the questions. And they were good, and they a lot of them were directed at you. They, they love you and, and want to talk to you, but you know they really spread the wealth. They asked everybody questions. They were good. Yeah, the kids did a really good job. They all just came up and, and asked really good questions. It was, a, it was fun to be a part of it, you know. The high school was great. Uh, you know, they hosted it real well, but the, the kids, they asked some really good questions. You seem to really slow down and enjoy and take the time when those kids come through the line to visit with them and see them. Do you, do you see yourself as a little kid looking up to those players? Yeah, you know, I could see myself uh, kind of, you know, thinking about myself being in that kind of a situation and just, you know, wanting. It, it doesn't even have to be a lot, but just a little bit, a little bit of time from them. Uh, or, you know, from a guy like myself in, in that situation. So just, you know, it, it's one of those things you want to try to give those little kids at that moment, and you never know, uh, you know, whose life it might change or, or, or how impacted they could be by the, the, just a few minutes. You grew up in L.A. You were the player of the year in high school, and I know you've told the story before. I know you love to talk about it. Your mom means so much to you and is, when it comes down to baseball, the number one influence, you've said it many times, and you said it on that caravan, is your mom. Uh, why is that? What what was the closest there? What did she do for you? She, uh, I mean, she did everything for myself and, and for my brother, but just the sacrifices she made, the, the, the decisions she made for us, uh, the time she gave us, the amount of, you know, weekends she's given up, the, the driving, the sitting in traffic, uh, the lessons, you know, she did it all. She took us everywhere. She, she took care of everything and made sure we were in a good spot. And, you know, she just continued to do that from, from day one and still continues to do it to this day. She loves the game. Uh, she, she loves it. You know, she grew up with a couple older brothers, and that's, that's kind of where she started to like baseball and why, why I kind of got into it because she liked it. So, um, yeah, you know, she took me to games when I was young, and, and that's where it all started. You're a big fan of sports, period. I mean, I, I follow you on Twitter, and I see – you commenting on basketball and other sports. You really do. I think you have an appreciation for great athletes and what they do to get to where they need to be. Oh, yeah. Any, any time in any sport, you know, you know that those guys put in the work. They put in the time. They put in the effort. You know, you know how rare it is to, to get into that position and to be one of those elite guys. So, uh, you know, I grew up playing basketball since I, again, you know, since I was like six years old. Uh, I stopped in high school. But um, it, it was one of those things that that's a sport that I've always loved. And then football too for just a different appreciation for it never really played i played it but didn't play it in high school uh just a bunch of you know but sports in general it doesn't really matter but it, it's fun to watch and enjoy you said someone a kid got he was he he actually turned his back on you and walked away when you said that you love tom brady but like i i'm i'm with you on that look i'm from st louis the patriots broke our hearts it was tom brady's first super bowl and it hurt but i appreciate Tom Brady. I just think if you look at a career in sports, that is the model to follow. It, it was almost as if as he continued to get older, he got better and better, if that's possible. Yeah, he just continued to put in the work, and I feel like at that point, you know, the older you get, the more games you play, the more experience you get, just the more he knows the game, the more he knows the situations, the more he can read defenses, and at that point, it's knowing. It's not guessing anymore. He's seen it all. You, there's no look you can throw at him that he hasn't seen. 
But, uh, you know, my appreciation for him starts like that's the first football game I can remember watching was that Super Bowl. And so that's kind of where I was like, okay, that guy went out and he, he ball, he, he carried them, you know, uh, to that game winning field goal. And that was why I have always liked Tom Brady. And it was because that's the first game I can remember watching. We got some good ones going today. Boy, Mahomes, man, is he a player? He's special. He, he's a special talent. And, uh, you know, people kind of slept on them. You know, he got hurt. But, you know, they still ended up as a, as a number two seed. And I think they got slept on a little bit. Obviously, uh, nobody expected that. Well, I mean, some people, but the majority of people did not expect the Ravens down. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what goes on with uh, with Tennessee. Yeah, a good matchup tonight between the Packers and the Niners. Niners are favored, but there's like a there's like a fire that burns within Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a cool, chill guy, you know, a lot like you actually. He's a very you know very calm demeanor, but inside, I think something burns within him yeah he's uh he's, he's one of those special talents and he just continues to perform at a high level and he's, he's fun to watch you know he uh it, it, it's just fun to watch yeah it's gonna be great uh, that's a good matchup tonight you have you're coming off a year in which you had a tremendous second half of the season what do you need to do to carry that into 2020 just stay more consistent you know try to start off a little bit stronger and uh you know carry that in carry just what, what went on last year into the into the into you know into 2020 so but again for me it just comes down to staying healthy because none of that could happen if you went healthy all year and, and especially down the stretch you know second half long season uh so staying healthy and, and feeling fresh that slider that fastball and the ability to throw strikes and get ahead and get, get the thing is you had a lot of games where you were posting zeros early and that i know you hung your hat on that you really appreciated the fact that you could get off to a strong start in games. Yeah, trying to get off to a strong start. You know, first inning is important and just going through that and, and starting the game off strong, you know, trying to work quick and and just, uh, you know, make things happen. This club, just to, to wrap up here, what is this club, what are what does it have right now going into 2020 that you're most proud of just as a whole? Uh, I, I'd say the chemistry we have. You know, we got a good group of guys, everybody, you know, we kind of hang out together and do just do certain things, but we all get along, and, and I think that goes a long way. I think that definitely plays uh, just to, in, in how, how we play together. Yeah, there's a nice closeness between all of you. I had fun with you over the weekend. It was a blast. We'll see you down in Jupiter. Jack Flaherty here at the Cardinals Winter Warm-Up. Thanks, man. Oh, yeah, Tom. Thank you. When we come back, we'll tell you how you can get to see Flaherty and company this summer at Bush Stadium. That's next. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. The Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back into Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Amron, as we get closer to spring training and closer to opening day. It's great to have Lori Rains with us, season tickets manager, to talk a little bit about how you can get to Bush Stadium and become a Cardinals season ticket holder. Lori, how are you? I'm great, Chris. How are you doing? Very well, and we're so excited to continue to get closer to baseball, and I know that you guys are excited about some of the options you have for fans to become season ticket holders and get to Bush Stadium this summer. So right now, even though it's the middle of January, uh, give us a little bit of an idea of how people can get involved, kind of big picture, and, and what it means to be a season ticket holder for the Cardinals. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know it's the middle of winter. It's definitely cold out there, but we are already full force moving in on 2020, and we're really excited about it. So um, in terms of being a season ticket holder with the St. Louis Cardinals, um, it's more than just seats to, you know, every game. It's uh, kind of a family here, uh, definitely a camaraderie um, between all the season ticket holders. And there's some great benefits that come along with our season ticket packages. And we have different packages that are available um, that can kind of fit everyone's needs. So um, we're happy to talk more to anyone who's interested in coming down here and having some of the best seats at Bush Stadium for every game this summer. I think maybe the first thing to point out is that it's a lot more affordable than people might realize to become a season ticket holder. It is, absolutely. Yes, we have season ticket plans that started as low as $475 per seat. So there's something to fit every budget here. And I know sometimes when you think season tickets, you're thinking that you're committing to every single game. It could be a little overwhelming, but there are all sorts of different packages, aren't there? Absolutely, yes. We have 27 game plans, um, we have half season plans, and then full season plans. Um, and those 27 game plans that we have um, can kind of fit each different schedule as well. And we have some that are more geared towards our weekend games, um, and then some that are more geared towards our kind of businessmen special um, during the week. So we truly do have an option that can work for everybody. Why is that important to you guys to be able to customize and tailor a plan for the specific fan? Absolutely. The more people that we can get out here to Bush Stadium to enjoy Cardinals baseball, um, that's definitely our goal. So we want to make sure that all fans feel included and that they have an opportunity to come out here and be a part of the family um, here at Bush Stadium. Lori Rains from the Cardinals is our guest as we talk Cardinals season tickets. And I know that there are some new locations and some new options available to season ticket holders that haven't necessarily been options in the past. Absolutely, yes. So I think there's a kind of a preconceived notion that there aren't seats available here for season ticket holders still at Bush Stadium. Um, and we do still have some great, great seating locations left for this year. Um, we have everything from behind home plate to out in the bleachers, if that's more what you prefer. Um, even some up in our more affordable sections like the Loge and the Pavilion. So um, we have seating locations that definitely still available for this year. How about some of the special values that season ticket holders get, Lori, and also some of the events that are unique to season ticket holders? Absolutely, yes. One of our new benefits this year for season ticket holders is a um, membership to the Cardinals Hall of Fame and Museum. Um, and so with that, you'll get unlimited access to the museum during baseball season, um, which is a great benefit if anybody hasn't been over there yet. You should definitely go check it out. So that's something that we're really excited about. Um, there's some other benefits, too, including various discounts, um, the opportunity for pre-sales for some of our extra events that we have here at Bush Stadium, um, the chance to get postseason tickets, um, different things like that. So there's a lot of different perks that come with that. Um, we also have some really cool events that we host here for season ticket holders. Um, a lot of the times it's a Q&A with some of our former players. Um, last year we had events that featured Tommy Herr, um, John Tudor, a whole bunch of others throughout the course of the year. Um, so you get kind of some cool insight um, into our alumni players um, and the current happenings at Bush Stadium here by being a season ticket holder. Yeah, I think a lot of those Q&As and a lot of those events are cool because, you know, the organization understands how big a part of their lifeblood the season ticket holders are, and it's really experiences that, that are unique to 
that group, not stuff that anyone can can take part in. And, and I think that's what stands out to me when I talk to people about the chance to do stuff like that. Yeah, Chris, you're totally right. Our season ticket holders are extremely important to us, um, definitely a huge part of the Cardinals family here. And so we want to make sure that they are having those unique opportunities um, just for them that maybe your other um, Cardinals fans wouldn't necessarily have the option to participate in. So um, we're really excited that they're able to, you know, meet and interact with our alumni players and um, Mo and other various front office staff members in that way. All right, Lori Rains, before we let you go, again, uh, season tickets more affordable than people might think, all sorts of different options and locations. Where should people go? And how can they get in touch with you guys to get the ball rolling? Yeah, give us a call. Um, our phone number is 314-345-9000. Or you can visit cardinals.com backslash season um, to get more information on the various packages that we have. And we'll be in touch shortly with you guys. Lori, thank you so much. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Chris. You too. Thank you to Lori Raines from the St. Louis Cardinals. We'll take a break and come back with more. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Chris Raby with you back in a moment on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. What a fantastic show and what a fantastic weekend it was at Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up downtown at Hyatt Regency at the Arch, raising a ton of money for Cardinals Care and some fantastic, fantastic organizations and causes and had a lot of really, really Great baseball conversation. So certainly we appreciate everyone coming out and hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Hey, now's the time to pick up the essential item for every Redbird fan, the official 2020 Cardinals calendar. It features the signature artwork of team photographers, the club's spring training and regular season schedules, and four pages of money-saving coupons. Pick up your copy at St. Louis area retailers or call 314 314- Three four five nine thousand. We'll also give away a calendar right now to caller number five at three one four five three one eleven twenty. The Cardinals twenty twenty official calendar. All right, a big thanks to all of our guests this evening. Had a great time uh, talking with Paul DeYoung, Alex Reyes, Nolan Gorman, Yadier Molina, Dylan Carlson, Bill DeWitt Jr and Jack Flaherty. Thank you to Tom Ackerman and Joe Pott, as well as Charlie Brennan and Amy Mark Scores for helping us out with our conversations. A big thanks, as always, to executive producer Ben Boyd. Thanks to Mike Anderson here in our Cardinals Network studios and Anne Carroll. We're so excited for Larry Walker. Congratulations on his election to the 2020 class that will be headed into Cooperstown in the National Baseball Hall of Fame this summer, along with Derek Jeter, Ted Simmons, and Marvin Miller. And thanks, as always, to you, the fans, for making this past weekend special. We can't wait to continue counting down to opening day. For Mike Claiborne, I'm Chris Raby. This has been Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network.